On today's episode, I'm talking about the four qualities of a leader that I was inspired to share this story after participating in a webinar with Coach Nick Saban. He's a football coach for University of Alabama, and he's a winner. And I so enjoyed listening to him and then his sort of codifying the uh, four qualities of leader that I wanted to share that with you and give you my spin on it as well. I hope you enjoy it, and thanks for listening. Hey everybody, it's Mike and welcome back to the How Did It Happen podcast. So happy to have you here for this special uh, solo episode. And today I am going to be talking about uh, four qualities of a leader. And these are not my qualities, although I align with them. And I'm going to admit to you that, um, and as I mentioned in the intro, these are Nick Saban's four qualities of a leader. Nick is the head coach at the Alabama, Alabama Crimson Tide college football team. He's a seven-time national champion, and I don't watch a lot of sports, uh, but I love coaches. <laughs> I love coaching, and I love coaches, and I love listening to coaches. And so when I had the opportunity to listen to Nick on a webinar that was sponsored by uh, Vistage, I was very excited to do it. And um, so here's what I came away with. He talked about a lot of things, but these four qualities of leader I thought were really good and we're sharing with you because I think you and I would would agree that um, anything that could help us become, be or become a better leader is uh, something that's worthwhile for us to listen to, get, do something with, et cetera. So here are uh, the four qualities of a leader, according to Nick Saban. Number one, leaders are committed to doing things the right way. And he's got four bullet points underneath this. If you want uncommon results, you must first have uncommon behavior. Leaders embrace the hard things. They do the lonely work. The path of least resistance is foreign to them. And he's talked over and over again about this thing he calls the standard. And all of those things together, I thought I found, well, I was like, yes, I was shaking my head. Yes, I agree with those things. But when it came to... Um, doing things the right way and the standard, that really stuck with me because it's not just a sports thing, it's a life thing, it's a business thing. And here's the here's the issue with doing things the right way and then you know the standard. If you don't have a standard, there's no way to do the right thing because the standard is the right thing. And if you don't have a standard, you have a, a much greater tendency, and he talked about this a lot with different players, you have a much greater, and positions, you have a much greater chance of having confusion among the team because people don't understand why you know, they're not being considered for this or why this person can do this and they can't. It's very interesting how he rolled all of that up into this thing that he calls the, the standard. And the standard is just that. There's a standard for everybody on his team and everybody in his organization from him all the way down or from all the way down all the way up to him, maybe is a better way to put it. And that standard says, this is the way we do things. This is the right way we do things. And you don't have to look at people then, you don't have to look at personalities, you don't have to look at favoritism, because everything is looked at through the lens of the standard. Are we meeting the standard? Yes. Okay, great. We're going to keep going. Are we not meeting the standard? Okay, that's that's bad. We're going to stop that and we're going to fix until we get back to the standard. So number one, leaders are always committed committed to doing the right the right things the right way and the standard. Don't forget about the standard. Number two, leaders set a good example. That seems like, duh, right? Leaders set a good example. Of course, leaders set a good example. But here's what he has to say about it. The speed of a leader is the speed of the team. So goes the leader, so goes 
to people. Leaders are a picture of the desired destination in which the others should wish to arrive. They set the level of intolerance for your organization. Leaders own the result. And again, that gets back to the standard thing. Leaders, they set the level of intolerance of your organization. Think about that in your life and in your business or whatever it is that you do. Do you set the level of intolerance in your business or do you let somebody else set the level of intolerance? Are you intolerant of some things and not intolerant of others, even though you said you were intolerant of them? People, customers, right? Money, right? It's a big, big responsibility. It's a big responsibility. Leaders set a good example and they set the level of intolerance for your organization. Number three, leaders are never late. You can take a lot of things from someone, he says, and give them back like money, possessions, and resources. And he he says, even if, if handled right, you can even help someone get their dignity back if you take it away, which sometimes you do, you know, intentionally, I hope, but sometimes it happens. Then he says, however, there is only one thing. If you take if you take it away, it's lost forever, and that's time. Once time has passed, it's gone forever. And as a result, the most disrespectful thing you can do to a person or a team is to be late and have them have to wait on you. You basically communicate to them that your time is more valuable than your than theirs. And this has been a this has been something that I've it's how do I say this? I can't stand when people are late, even if they're late for a minute, if they haven't told me they're going to be late. It's just, I find I find that to be disrespectful. I find that even more than that, I find that to just be a, a reflection of who they really are. And unfortunately, I guess for me, there are a lot of people that, that feel like being late is okay. And there's a lot of leaders, and this is the, the thing I want to make sure it sticks with you and me. The, there's a lot of leaders who think that because they're the leader, because they're the person in charge, it's their right to be late. It's their right. They've earned that right. That's how some people think. That's crazy. That's crazy thinking. Leaders have to be on time. Uh, Nick says it. I agree with it. And number four, leaders take care of their responsibilities. They keep their promises. You can count on them. Effective leadership and trust are inseparable. That's what he had to say about their responsibilities. And look, just like being late, there are a lot of leaders who sometimes don't keep their promises, who sometimes can't be counted upon, who sometimes do separate their leadership and trust. They don't think that they need to earn your trust, that they should just have it no matter what. I did a podcast a while ago, a solo podcast about why I don't expect anyone to trust me. Because I don't, I don't expect anybody to trust me, not right off the bat, even though I feel like I'm very trustworthy. And I would very much love for people to just trust me implicitly. We weren't, we're not built that way. I feel like I need to continue to earn the trust of everyone that I'm leading and everyone that I'm interacting with. I need to continually earn that because I could throw it away in a second with an unthoughtful comment, unthoughtful moment of reflection, being late, not doing what I say I'm going to do, making excuses for why I haven't, not having a standard all the things that Nick Saban talks about, talked about in this webinar and that I'm sharing with you today. So what kind of leader are you? And is your team reflecting your leadership or the leadership you want it to reflect? Or is something else happening? I hope it's the former and not the latter. I don't know. Only you know. So something to think about today. Thank you so much for joining me for this podcast and investing your time and energy in me. I am so grateful for it. And I hope you've earned a return on that investment today. And if you have, please like, follow, 
share the podcast with your friends, neighbors, and colleagues. And until next time, please, I encourage you to maximize your greatness every single day and make your future your property, something that you are proud to own. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the show. And before you go, I just have three requests for you. One, if you like what I'm doing, please consider subscribing or following the podcast on whatever podcast platform you prefer. If you're really into it, leave me a review, write something nice about me, give me five stars or whatever you feel is most appropriate. Number two, I've got a book. It's called Ownership, How Getting Selfish Got Me Unstuck. It's an Amazon bestseller. And I'd love for you to read it or listen to it on Audible or wherever else, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, you can get it everywhere. If you're looking for inspiration that will help you unlock your greatness and potential, order or download it today so that you can have your very own copy. And if you get it, please let me know what you think. Number three, my newsletter. I do a newsletter every Thursday and I talk about things that are interesting to me and or I give more information about the podcast and the podcast guests that I've had and the experiences that I've had with them. You can sign up for the podcast today at my website, which is my name, MikeMalatesta.com. You do that right now, put in your email address and you'll get the very next issue. The newsletter is short, thoughtful, and designed to inspire, activate, and maximize the greatness in you. 